sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Oh, yeah. It's that time. Welcome in. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 159, The Sports Grid Radio Network. Over the course of the next hour, we're going to get to hang out with Julian Edlow, at Julian Edlow uh, on Twitter. He's a representative of DraftKings Sportsbook at DK Sportsbook at DK Live. And Julian's going to help us break down the world of college basketball betting as we get into mid-January, the heart of the college basketball season. We're going to find out what teams he's afraid of, what teams are rolling, what are his least favorite teams he can't get a read on, some of the overvalued commodities, the best college coaches, the worst college coaches, his thought process on breaking down a college basketball card. I mean, it will be in-depth analysis with Julian Edlow uh, on today's show. But before we get into college hoops deep dive, I do want to talk some NFL. Obviously, the NFL playoffs start today. Tomorrow's show focused exclusively on the NFL playoffs. So you can hear me talk and break down games with Carmine Bianco right here on Channel 159 tomorrow. But for today, I do want to do something on the NFL playoffs before we get into all this college hoops discussion. And the thing I wanted to talk about, a hidden playoff system that works. There aren't any playoff systems that works. This is one that does. Strength of schedule. And the issue is this. It's not about whether teams beat quality opponents. It's whether they faced quality opponents. Long-term numbers. I'm going since 2002 here. And there may be some, uh, again, there are so many playoff games that end up, you know, was this a win, a loss, or a push based on uh, where the game injury landed? These are based on my numbers. The team who has faced the tougher schedule in the wild card round since 2002. 2002 was the year where the league went to eight teams of four divisions, the modern format of the NFL. Since 2002, teams who have played this tougher schedule based on the Sagarin numbers, which are one of many uh, potential numbers that you can look at for predicting how good teams are, for assessing how good teams are, and Sagarin has his numbers, based on his strength of schedule numbers, the team who has faced the tougher schedule in the wild card round, 54 and 28, with a couple of pushes against the point spread. Since 2002, teams that face a much tougher schedule in the wild card round. 10 spots or higher above in terms of strength schedule, uh, the toughness of schedule uh, ahead of uh, their opponent. So when they faced a much tougher schedule, 30 wins, 9 losses, 1 push against the spread. This year, based on Sagarin numbers, spits out two plays that are strong ones. Miami and Tampa Bay. Only one of those two is strong in my opinions. <laughs> we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. That being said, from a strength of schedule standpoint, you're supposed to look at the Dolphins, you're supposed to look at the Bucks this weekend as the two teams that have the edges based on the Sagarin numbers. I don't use Sagarin numbers exclusively. There's a second set of numbers that I use, and those are my numbers. My numbers are better than the Sagarin numbers. They're better than, I think, anybody's numbers. This is why. When I look at strength of schedule, I go through every opponent that a team faced and use my power rating number for the week that game was played. When you look at the mainstream numbers, it doesn't matter if you played Detroit in October when they were 1-7 or in December when they were the hottest team in the NFL. What about Baltimore? 
Do you play them with Lamar Jackson or without him? Did you play the early season Jags when they stunk or the late season Jags who were good? Did you play Carolina under Matt Rule when he stunk or Carolina under Wilkes when they were decent? The Titans were a good team early in the season. They were not a good team late in the season. I mean, there's so many examples. The Commanders with Wentz instead of Heineke. I can go on and on. The point is, what I do with my numbers is different from looking at the aggregate numbers. I'm taking each week their opponent's power rating for that week's game. So here are my numbers. I'm going to give them to you right here in order. From the weakest strength of schedule to the toughest strength of schedule based on my power rating numbers. These are not Sagarin. These are not anyone else. Easiest schedule in the NFL this year, Philly. Sorry, among playoff teams, Philly, although it was the easiest schedule in the league based on the numbers. Philly, Dallas, second easiest. Chargers, third. San Fran and Seattle, fourth and fifth. KC, Jacksonville, Cincy, Baltimore, all in the middle of the pack. Tougher than average schedules. Tampa, the New York Giants, Minnesota, and then Miami and Buffalo, the two toughest opposing schedules for any playoff teams this year were the Dolphins and the Bills. Those are based on my numbers. They're purely subjective. They're not objective numbers. But when I take my numbers and they match up with the Sagarin numbers, one game stands out. That's Tampa and Dallas, Monday Night Football. And we've seen the Bucks look ugly. <laughs> we've seen them look ugly a lot this year. The one thing that they have done, they've responded to adversity extremely well. Dallas looked awful last week. And frankly, if you're looking for a long shot to go to the Super Bowl, I think there's worse teams out there, worse teams to support out there than the Dallas Cowboys. It would not shock me if Dallas won this game. It would not shock me if they went on and made a playoff run, a postseason run. Um, Cowboys, in my mind, one of the liver long shots. That being said, from a strength of schedule standpoint, not only does Dallas have to win in Tampa, they got to win by margin. That may well be a problem <laughs> uh, for uh, the Dallas Cowboys, who have been pretty ugly in the postseason. How about 0-6-1 against the point spread uh, over the course of the last decade-plus? Dallas has not been very good in this role. So, take it for what it's worth. Again, those strength of schedule numbers that I reached, that I read out to you. Dallas, the Philly, Dallas, Chargers, Niners, Seahawks, KC, Jacksonville, Cincy, Baltimore, Tampa, New York, Minnesota, Miami, and Buffalo in order. Weakest to strongest. Coverage continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. In 2022, I was lucky enough to get Julian Edlow to come do my show one time. My goal for 2023 is to have him on at least twice. <laughs> Maybe even three times. Nonetheless, I'm excited to bring him in. Let's bring in Julian Edlow at Julian Edlow on Twitter. J-U-L-I-A-N-E-D-L-O-W. Julian Edlow on Twitter. He works uh, at DK Sportsbook, DraftKings, at DK Live. Julian, welcome to the program. How are you doing today? It is mid-January, Teddy, and we already got one in the books here. I'm going to say that we can cash the over on, on two or three appearances this year. I'm happy to do it. 
I appreciate that very much. I'm not a guy because when when I bring in guys, I feel bad when I ask them too often. Everybody's busy, you know. It's a show where you get I you know from what I from what I've heard from my guests, they get decent response, they get decent feedback. Uh, people hear them on air and they're excited about it. Nonetheless, everybody's busy, and I hate asking guys too often. So I really appreciate your time and effort. Of course, you're a guy who's heavily like me involved in creating content. Content, content, content. Talk about what shows you're doing and what shows you want to promote. I'll give you this. Everyone else, I'm going to make them wait till the end. You're coming at the beginning. What shows you doing and what do you want to promote right off the bat? <laughs> um, well, like you mentioned, content, content, content. But also part of, part of the job is making time for things like this. Like fortunate enough to, to get to come on shows like this and promote what we're doing over, over at DraftKings. Um, but, yeah, we, we've got plenty going on here, obviously. NFL playoffs, so we got the football season winding down. But uh, over the weekends, we we have our show, The Sweat, covering all the NFL games, which we also run uh, every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Um, I have my podcast, Unreasonable Odds, uh, that I co-host with Steve Buchanan that uh, right now we're doing about once a week. And once football wraps up, I'll kind of transition that over to over to the college basketball scene. Um and then all of our articles on, on the DraftKings playbook, uh, writing writing daily over there, whether it be sports betting or daily fantasy content. So when it comes to content, I, I know a lot of casual bettors have this question because they don't understand. Well, this guy's giving me plays, but he works for a book, so he's got to be giving me a, not his real plays or something. When it comes to content, do you give all your opinions away on air? Do you hold anything back? Is there anything that, hey, I really like this game, but eh, I'm not going to tell people about it? Or is that not your job? What is your job when it comes to making content? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one of those questions of people kind of seeing the tag, like, oh, this, this person works for, works for a book. They must be trying to trick me. They're not giving me the, the right play. They're giving me something that DraftKings wants me to be betting upon. Um, that couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, first and foremost, I, I absolutely love DraftKings. I'm very fortunate to, to work for DraftKings. But I have my own brand to, to protect. I don't, all my plays are, are attached to my name. I don't want to be coming out giving, giving losing plays that are attached to my, to my name. What's, who knows what could be next in my, in my career. Now I'm going there as the guy that's giving out losing bets. That, that's, that's bad business. Um, and, I mean, the, the truth of the matter is, you know, we, we want your, your business at DraftKings Sportsbook. So, it, all engagement is 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 good engagement. If I can give out, you know, an NBA play or a college basketball play that I'm I'm really in love with, and give it out as one of my stronger plays, and and listeners and readers can make a couple bucks off that, that's great. Now you know we we your balance goes up. Now you have more things that you you can potentially uh, bet on. So I I genuinely uh, mean that. I, I want my followers to make money with me um so that kind of that's how i view that portion of it and then in terms of what i do that's another thing people kind of ask when you're associated with a sports book are you are you setting these numbers are you doing anything behind the book nope i do not work with those people uh they're much smarter than me and i have zero information in terms of when it comes to that what's this number going to be set i mean i can look at ken palm just like you're going to look at ken palm and probably come up with a pretty good guess but I'm not setting the numbers, so I'm I'm an authentic sports better. I'm betting what I put out, um, and you know I, I try to at least give give my following or people that are are listening, reading along some some reasoning behind 
you know, what I'm doing, try and point them, point out things that are on DraftKings Sportsbook that are either a better number than other shops or a promo that we're running that, that other places don't have and just try and create engagement around DraftKings Sportsbook. But when it comes to me, I want nothing but the best for my followers in terms of, of cash and tickets. And I've had uh, a couple of sportsbook guys, a handful of sportsbook guys on the show in recent weeks. We had Dave Sherapin on. We have uh, uh, Art DeCesar from uh, Superbook on. And basically mm-hmm. the, the, their thought process were very comparable to what you were just saying. And I just want to add something to that. Because, one, I mean, one thing that uh, uh, Art DeCesar said is, look, you know, I can give you guys a hundred plays. <laughs> you know, and whether they're all winners or they're all losers – you guys are going to listen to some of it. They're going to not listen to others of it. They're going to take this right. with 14 other opinions that they've heard from 14 other guys. And, oh, yeah, everybody likes this side. You take the information that you get on air, whether it's from a bookmaker, whether it's from a handicapper, whether it's from a content provider, and you filter it through your own system before you exactly. actually make a bet. So exactly. the bookmakers don't worry about, you know, all right, if, if Art Caesar comes out, you come out and give out 20 straight winners, they don't care. It's good. It attracts publicity for the book, and the guys that are betting those 20 straight winners are also betting the other stuff, which probably isn't 20 straight winners. Agree or disagree? <laughs> oh, completely agree. Um, I mean, so, for example, on, on Tuesday, I had my Super Tuesday college basketball bet, uh, best bets article um, up on the DraftKings playbook. Some of them win money, some of them lose money. This past Tuesday, I was fortunate enough to go 5-1 and one in college basketball. There were six plays in it. It was a big card for me. I liked it a lot. Um, and it wound up obviously coming through with, with a good record there. But out of however many clicks, you know, that article got, how many of the people that read it do you think actually bet all six of the bets? Probably a the really under. small number. Yeah. Exactly. No, nobody <laughs> bet all of them. They probably read it, went through the analysis and said, hmm, I, li- I like this one and this one and bet two of them or whatever. So I completely agree with you there. Everybody is kind of, uh, all your casual sports bettors have their people that they like to follow, that they trust, that they like to listen to, and kind of take all of that information to formulate their own card, whether it be like, oh, I like these three people, they're all on this, so that's going to be my best bet tonight. Whatever their process is, I I think that it's up to the consumer to kind of say, this is how I'm going to filter all this information and then create my own best bets with it. Sure, and I mean your point about here's an article you got you went five and one, but the reality is that most people didn't bet all six games. I'm sure that's the case for people who listen to cover it. You know, where I guess on, and they're going to talk about this game and that game. They're going to filter it through the process, and then they'll end up with whatever they end up with, <laughs> which may yep. or may not be those same sides or different ones. But the bottom line is, as a when a when someone who gets their paycheck from a bookmaker comes out and gives you guys bettable opinions. It's not blowing smoke. <laughs> they're games that they like, and they're games that they're looking to bet on. So we've Absolutely. got just about the uh, – I'm sorry, you want to you uh, cl- close that uh, topic out? No, no, I, I was just giving you my stamp of approval on that. I absolutely agree. <laughs> we've got the Julian Edlow stamp of approval. We'll take that. So, you know, we're talking here as a huge Saturday college basketball card. We're going to focus as much as we can today on college hoops. We've only got a little bit, uh, about a minute before the break. But I want you to talk about if you're a beginning better and your process for breaking down a college basketball card is going to be fascinating for someone. Huge slate. Where do you start? Yeah, I mean, keep it simple, obviously, if you're a beginning better. And I would guess, this doesn't necessarily mean so, but I would guess that a beginner 
doesn't have as much knowledge as the, of the smaller conferences, which is fine. Stick to the bigger conferences that you know. Um, stick to the teams that you that you follow. So there's so much on the board. I would just start by like writing off 90% of the the games immediately and circle. Hey, I have a take on this game. I've been looking to get into this game. Pick the handful of games that you think you have a betting angle on, and then handicap those games and see what kind of sifts through in terms of what you think is a good bet. Yeah, when I first moved to Vegas in 1998, there was no sport that intimidated me more than college basketball. Over the years, we figured out some ways to beat the sport. We're going to talk about them with Julian Edlow when we come back. Cover it continues. College basketball deep dive. Stay tuned for this brief commercial match. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Thank you for staying on the grid as we hang out here on Sirius XM Channel 159, the Sports Grid or Radio Network. Teddy Covers joined by Julian Edlow, at Julian Edlow on Twitter, from uh, DraftKings at DK Sportsbook at DK Live, a guy who's done a whole lot of content creation in this space in recent years, and a guy who's pretty good at handicapping college hoops as well. You talked about the process for uh, before the break. Talking about how when you're looking at a college basketball card and it's got 160 games on it, you have no idea. The, mo- the first thing you do is you take out all the teams you don't know <laughs> and the conferences you're not familiar with and try to focus on teams, especially for beginning betters, on teams and conferences that you are familiar with. But when it comes with an actual slate of games, you know, here we are, we've got games, we've got point spreads, we've got totals, we've got first halves, we've got second halves. Uh, like... Where, how does the process start for you? Like, for you as someone who knows all of these teams, do you just start at the top and go through it? Are you looking, uh, are you doing a little bit of handicapping on every game, or are you immediately eliminating some and finding some matchups that you're like, yeah, this one looks good. Oh, that's a good spot. Does enough stuff jump in your head that you don't have to go through all the game logs, or do you know all these teams well enough? Well, I mean, I'll correct you on one thing. I don't know all these teams yet. Um, and I think that's Nobody an does. important part. Right. That's, that's an important part to accept, especially early. Like, we're just getting these big Saturday cards with college football now, now uh, concluded. So, uh, you know, we've, we've been spending some time on that. NFL is going on. NBA is going on. Like, I, I just have to accept that I'm not going to know all of these teams. And I have, have, I've only made a couple of plays on smaller conferences so far this year, even though that's where, you know, some pro or sharper bettors will tell you that's where the bigger edges lie. Um, I just need to accept that I haven't had the time yet to, to dig into a lot of those and stick to what I know. Now, when football is over and, uh, you know, part of my job, obviously, NFL is king. Part of my job as a content creator at DraftKings is to have an NFL focus. So that takes away from some of that time. When NFL is over, I can start to do some of those smaller conferences, and then maybe I will be able to say that I, I know every team and have a feel for a lot of these teams. I don't have it now, so I have to stick to, to what I do know. And what I'll say about college basketball that helps my process is, you know, I'm, I'm a big NBA better. Um, you got to stay up to date in, in NBA because these teams play 82 games. They get a night off in between, maybe, and then they're back at it. You have time to digest college hoops. Like a lot of these SEC teams played on Tuesday night, and their next game 
is on the Saturday card. That gives you a lot of time to kind of look and digest and say, all right, this team lost. It's a bounce-back spot for them at home. This team's running hot. This team's running cold. And, and you kind of get more time to, to prep. So I would say it's a little bit of time each day kind of looking forward and knowing, all right, we got a good amount of time off before these big Saturday cards and uh, start to dig into the numbers, formulate some opinions. Great info from Julian Edelon. Julian, I, you were talking about smaller conference teams. And to me, this is, you know, I, I live – in Las Vegas, so I get a pretty good read on the Mountain West. Uh, I've always been a little bit of a MAC guy. The A-10's a conference mm-hmm. I pay a lot of attention to and have followed for many years. The MAC, the Mid-American, uh, or sorry, the uh, Metro Atlantic, uh, 2A's MAC conference is one that I've followed for many years. But a lot of them I do nothing with, you know, um, and I continue to do nothing with. If you're someone that's like, I think I want to bet some of these smaller conferences, how would you go about it? Are you watching and streaming these games? Is it all stat-based? And how confident should you be betting on or against teams that you might not have seen very much, where it's more about statistical profiles and current form than it is actual matchups on the floor? Well, so the first piece of information is, I, I want to say it's kind of obvious, but also I feel like people don't think about it, so I've kind of been saying it more. Like, I would assume a large majority of us sports bettors are college graduates. Um, So for me, I went to the University of Rhode Island. I'm a Rhode Island Ram. I have a good feel for the A-10. I follow my school, and I follow that conference a lot. So, like, I feel like while I don't have a grasp for a lot of these small conferences, maybe until football is over, I have a really good feel for the A-10. And um, my alma mater, URI, is not very good this year. I've been fading them a lot pretty successfully and then recently they played St. Bonaventure this week and uh, I said this is a spot to come back and, and, and back URI um, and did so on the money line and they won by one and just barely cashed it for me but never in uh, doubt. it cashed yes no never a doubt uh, <laughs> as usual classic Rhode Island Ram fashion they choked it away down the stretch but found a way to win the game so uh, the moral of the story just you know it, it, not all of us went to to big schools, major conferences, like wherever you went, if you were a basketball fan at that school and have a feel for that conference, make that your conference. Like, play to your strengths. That makes a ton of sense. And, of course, speaking of choking it away, you you reminded me of a lovely uh, bet that I had on Thursday night with the Michigan Wolverines, plus five and a half at Iowa, a game where they never trailed by more than five and a half at any point in regulation and managed to blow a seven-point lead in the last minute and a four-point lead in the last 20 seconds. That was fun. Thanks for the memory, uh, as Michigan choked away. And they didn't, unlike URI, <laughs> they did not find a way to win the game uh, at the end and hang on. They ended up losing by margin in overtime. So those are always fun. And they can and will happen as a better. You do your best. when the, you know, when it, look, College hoops are going to have some insane beats at times. <laughs> you know, insane beats. It's it's ridiculous, and I want to say they happen in college football as well. But college basketball, like some of these runs recently, are just insane. So you just have to accept if you're going to bet on college basketball, that is going to happen to you a couple of times per season, and you are just going to have to accept it and move on and say, I did everything I could. I would have bet it again. It was the right side, but it wound up losing, and trust it again and hope that also maybe you're fortunate enough to be on the other side of a couple of those as well and balance it out. Sure, and <laughs> there have been a few of those that I was on the right side of uh, this year. I remember uh, 
uh, Luca missing a free throw and then getting the rebound <laughs> and covering in overtime. That was uh, that was the uh, uh, the Knicks Mavericks game, right? It was. That was yeah. I was I was on Mavericks second half there. Thought I was dead in the water and uh, cashed it. I'm with you once again. Never in doubt, right? <laughs> so <laughs> you try to remember some of the brutal, some of the lucky wins that you had in games where, uh, like the Michigan loss uh, on Thursday night, uh, in games where uh, you think you have a right side that ends up not being a right side when all uh, is said and done. Um, let me ask you this. How much of it is matchup and how much of it is stats? You know, we talked about uh, looking at some of the smaller conference teams that you may not know as, as much. Do you watch all this stuff? Are you streaming every night? Or are you, I know there are cappers that approach college hoops exclusively with their eyes. Other guys who approach college hoops exclusively with the numbers. How do you break it down? Yeah, it's got to be both for me. Um, it's the boring answer, but it's it's my answer. Um, you know, you can't watch every game. That's impossible. So you have to rely on the numbers and box scores and sifting through stats to get some of it. And then there are certain teams that you'll be able to watch or certain conferences that you'll be able to watch more than others and potentially uh, catch something with, with the eye test. So it's got to be a combination. And then also... Um, betting spots like i know some uh, numbers driven analytics people that will try and tell you that there's not you know that spots don't exist that it comes down to to numbers and stuff spots exist coming off a loss uh and coming back home coming off a road loss or something coming into a home saturday afternoon game like that creates uh, that's simple i'm not giving you any teams or numbers or anything but that creates a stronger spot in in my mind um you know coming off a tough like uh, gonzaga's coming off that tough improbable road win at byu that they they probably should have lost outright that creates a tougher spot for them moving forward i would say coming off of that so numbers eye test and what spot is this team in are kind of the three things that i'm i'm diving into and one of the classic spots you'll see this a lot over the course of the next week or two uh, in college basketball, the teams that haven't won a conference home game yet and are now returning home, they're 0-3, they're 0-4, they're 0-5, you know, um, those teams in general are likely to get a little bit more betting support for that spot. Here's the home game against someone they're supposed to be able to beat, you know, uh, as long as they're not stepping way up in class. Have you seen that in the betting markets where the winless teams in conference returning home get a fair bit of play? Or or is that just something I've seen that's not necessarily that real? Oh, for sure. Um, And just off the top of my head, one of those teams that applies to that right now would be the West Virginia Mountaineers, who I mentioned if you were listening to the last block of the show, my 5-1 and Tuesday College Basketball Best Bets article. What was my loss? My loss was West Virginia at home against Baylor. It was a winless conference Baylor team against a winless conference West Virginia team. It was uh, played at West Virginia, and Baylor got the road win. So now another home loss piles on for West Virginia. Like, this, it's desperation for it's desperation time for, for this team. And I think just off the top of my head, that's, that's the type of classic example that sticks out to, to match what you're talking about. And one thing that I, that I love to do as well is once you get, to, if the team continues to lose, let's say West Virginia loses again, 
All right. And now they're 0 and 5 or 0 and 6 or 0 and 7 in conference. Those teams don't tend to bounce back so well. <laughs> you know, if you go through that <laughs> early stage, at some point stage, you have to accept like you got to you got to draw a line somewhere where they're either they're going to bounce back or it's not happening. Sure. And if you can find that moment for a team, look, beating college hoops in February is not an easy task. <laughs> All right. That's a tough month in particular, at least it, is, it has been for me over the years. Uh, but if you can find those teams that were supposed to be something that aren't and the disappointments have packed on, packed on one after another, those teams tend to not play their best basketball heading into conference tournament play. More with Julian Edlow coming up next. Cover it continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There's nothing like being informed with all the odds, analysis, and best bets all day long. How do you get that? It's simple. Just follow us on Twitter, at SportsGrid at SportsGrid Radio, at SportsGrid TV, and stay on the grid everywhere you go. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. You can follow today's guest, Julian Edlow, on Twitter at Julian Edlow. He works for at DK Sportsbook at DK Live. Julian, we're talking college hoops, bad beats, good beats, how to deal with uh, uh, with uh, 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 smaller conferences, how to start betting on college basketball if you haven't done it before. Let me ask you this. Who's your favorite team in college hoops this year? Teams you had a good read on? Teams we you're confident every time that you get involved with a wager that you're pretty confident in what they're going to do? Well, earlier on, I would have said UConn, who was just mowing teams down at the beginning <laughs> of the year. It started whatever it was, 9-1 and one against the spread and undefeated. And then, kind of like we were talking about in the last segment, if you can identify a time to start fading them, well, what's happened? UConn has gone on a tough stretch of Big East road games, and teams have been getting the best of them. Um, so it was UConn for a while, and I think that you need to kind of keep changing your team. You can't be too loyal. Um, yep. But at the moment, uh, Alabama, who actually got mopped by UConn earlier in the season, that was one of those teams that UConn got. Alabama has been so good lately, and the sharp play was absolutely Arkansas on on uh, Super Tuesday hosting Alabama. That's where all the sharp money seemed to be. I didn't get involved in the game much. I didn't give out a public play. I said I leaned to Alabama in my article. I didn't know if I could do it. I did wind up betting them small myself in-game, and they came through again. Um, now, I don't know if on Saturday we'll be able to lay a big number with them hosting uh, a, a bad LSU team at this point, but maybe because they are just in, in, in a groove right now where they're mowing teams down. So I'll have a new team each month if you ask me, but right now uh, Alabama's as good as anyone. And you made a great point there. I want to amplify it here. The concept of I love this team. You're allowed to love a team. You're allowed to bet on them every game, but not forever. <laughs> you always have to be cycling teams in and out. Well, you know, you all right, hey, this team offered great value a month ago. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. You know, and that's the nature of the betting markets is this team is great. You find a five-game span, you back them every time. But that's not going to go on for a 30-game span over the course of a season. You know, you're going to have to find cycle teams in and out of 
which teams offer value right now. Now, we talk about teams you have a good read on. Let's be honest. Which teams can you get a read on in college hoops this year? Anyone stand out uh, to you? Uh, a couple teams stand out to me that I'm pretty frustrated with. I can't win betting on them, and I can't win betting against them. Who do you have in that regard? Yeah, I, I'm probably going to start with Baylor. Um, I, I won a pretty big bet with them on a neutral beating uh, beating UCLA earlier in the season, but that came off a game where uh, where I had them on that same neutral against Virginia, and Virginia got them. I came back, did wind up winning, betting them against UCLA, and then ever since then, I've been backing them in what I thought were strong spots. I had them. I just needed them as the last leg of a money line parlay to close out in a win. Uh, beat TCU at home. They were up 17 in that game and lost by one. Um, I came back and, like I said, I had I, I then faded them. I took West Virginia at home, and then Baylor does get their first conference win. So that's been one of those teams, like you said, that it's frustrating. I'm betting them. I'm betting them. I'm losing. I fade them. What do they do? They finally win. Uh, those never feel good when you're when you're going back and forth and losing on both sides. Yeah, as frustrating as can be. So what do you do with teams like that? Do you just leave them alone? Do you leave them alone for the rest of the year? Do you leave them alone for a week or two and see if you can find another spot down the road? Uh, what's your thought process on a team that you just can't get right? Definitely not for the rest of the year because, like we just said, you're you have a new favorite team every every couple weeks, every month. Um, you got to stay open to, to getting back to them at some point. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at. Saturday and it's like ooh then now they got a home game they just got to win on the road now they got a home game against Oklahoma State I feel like they should get this one but they're coming off the road win I I feel like for now I need to push them away and say let's see how they do but you know once we get into next week next weekend I'm I'm gonna have to be open again to to one side or another looking at a team like Baylor. And I want to amplify that point as well. Julian, you're, you're speaking my language today, my friend, because that's it. People always, all the time hear, oh, I lost with them. They, they, they screwed me up. I'm never playing that team again. Or I'm done with them for the year. And it's, no, <laughs> you're allowed to be done with them for a week or two. It's okay. Come back around. Take another look at it. You know, what, wipe your brain fresh. Get, get yep. the stress of the loss out of your mind. And you can come back and take another look. You know, I'm not talking about the next game necessarily. Give them a couple games off. But you don't take a team, even if you lost betting on them and betting against them, and say, I'm not touching that team ever for the rest of the year. I hate that coach. I can't figure him out. It's like, settle down. Don't hyperbole it. Give, it, give yourself a couple of games off. Give them a week or two off with that team. But you're, it's certainly reasonable to think that a team that you paid a fair bit of attention to this year, that you haven't quite gotten right, there's still hope down the stretch. Agree or disagree? Oh, absolutely agree. Um you know, there's so many zigs and zags and inconsistencies in a college basketball season. And like we've been saying, I think you got to just capture it into three, four, five game stretches. Uh, and that's how you're best going to figure out what, what a team is. So here we are. Uh, again, we're mid-January right here. We've got about six, seven weeks left of conference play. It's the heart of conference season right now. Are there any teams that stand out to you that offer real bet-on potential right here undervalued? And are there any teams that the wise guys <laughs> seem to be backing game in, game out, sharp money teams that are taking money every week? Or every game, I should say. Yeah, so I, I was checking out our splits, our betting splits at DraftKings Sportsbook, which, by the way, I, I try to tweet out as, as often as possible. Um, and they're up on the VSIN website if you want to check them out. People, some people put a ton of value in the betting splits. Some people put none. 
I I use them as somewhat of a tool, but not an end-all, be-all. Um, and it's kind of been inconsistent. Like, I don't, maybe you can enlighten me on some teams that you think fall into these categories, but, like, even a team like Kentucky, who I'm going to talk about uh, in our segment at some point, Kentucky was taking all the sharp money and grew as a massive favorite on Tuesday as a 20-point favorite at home against South Carolina and wound up losing the game outright. Now, they are on my fade list right now. Um, I will go against them. But they took sharp money, and now I think because of that loss, they're going to turn into a team that everybody is fading. So I think I feel like it's all moving pretty quickly. I will say a team that I've done pretty well with this year is Pittsburgh in the ACC. They are very good against the spread. They are now – I had them plus 8.5 on Tuesday. They, they were up 11 at halftime at Duke. They won the game by 8. Or they, excuse me, they lost the game by eight and covered Ooh. by the hook. They got mopped in the second half of that game, uh, but still did cover by that hook. They're now 5-0 and against the spread on the road. Um, and every time I seem to look at their betting, every time I'm going to bet on Pittsburgh, and I say, mm, let me check out the betting splits uh, before I do, the bigger, sharper bets do seem to be on Pittsburgh. So that's kind of a, a team that I think is maybe a little bit under the radar in terms of a team that's covering right now. Um, getting some sharp money, but not getting a ton of attention. Uh, and that is a big piece of the equation for retaining value. You know, I'm going to talk about Youngstown State before uh, this show is through. And a team that gets no pub holds their value a lot longer than a team that has high-profile victories, especially TV wins that all of a sudden everyone's starting to pay attention to. Let me ask you the opposite of what I just asked you. We talked about teams that are bet on potential, teams the wise guys love, teams that you like right now. Give me a team you hate. Give me a team I can make money betting against right now. Uh, Who's primed to take an ATS fail, and are you seeing anything in terms of sharp money finding one or two teams that they're betting against every single game, or haven't you seen that so much? Yeah, I gave, I gave away my answer, but uh, Kentucky. We This Kentucky team is bad. The problem is we just talked about how we want to keep these things a secret. Well, it's not a secret anymore after they lost on ESPN at home to South Carolina as 20-point favorites. But the largest bet that I've made so far this college basketball season was last Saturday afternoon, Alabama, a team that I said I really love, laying five, hosting Kentucky. I gave that play that you asked at the top of the show. Do, you, do I give out all my stuff or do I hold anything back? I gave out that play everywhere that I talked all week. I said, <laughs> Alabama on Saturday against Kentucky. If you're betting one thing this week, that's the one. They're going to mop them. And it wound up being close to a 30-point game, which always feels great when you're, you're right about something. The number's now massive for Tennessee at home, now hosting this Kentucky team off a loss to South Carolina. I... This Kentucky team can't do it on on the road. Like I would be surprised if if sharp money isn't isn't all over it. So I, I think Kentucky moving forward, they're a team that if yes no markets become available to make the tournament, I think they're a really interesting team to look at the no option on. Um, which given their ranking when they came out uh, at the start of the season would be shocking to all of us. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, how about coaches? You know, I mean, you talk about coaches that you like, coaches that you don't. How big an equation is coaches for you? And, and are there any coaches that stand out to you as a genius or as an idiot? Um, coaching is part of it. Um, I, like, Calipari is not having a good season for, for Kentucky, who I keep talking about. Like, I, I, I think that that plays somewhat of a role in it. Um, I don't have any coaches that I really feel like are 
are must fade. It kind of it it all kind of works together. It's how the team is playing, the coach that's in there. I'll say you know a real Jekyll and Hyde team this year has been Syracuse, who grew as a larger home dog the other night against Virginia Tech, and then actually played really well at home and, and won the game. They've also lost home games to Bryant and a couple other no-name schools, so they've been all over the place. But, like, again, I don't want to say these are bad coaches um, in guys like Calipari and Jim Beheim, but, like, they're big names that everybody trusts and wants to bet on and are no longer at the top of their games. So there could be some value in going, going against them. Great stuff from Julian Edel. Really appreciate your time and energy and effort today. Uh, we've got about a minute and a half before the break. Once you give folks a bettable opinion for this loaded college hoop slate today and promote whatever you want to promote, my friend. Well, fortunately, I won't take too long because we talked about Kentucky a lot. I will lay the first half and the full game on, on Tennessee. Um, I think this is another blowout spot for Kentucky. But since we already touched on that one, Creighton coming off a really tough road loss, a team I really liked off the top of the top of the year, um, coming off a bad road loss at Xavier. They're now home against a Providence team that has been really good but is a little dinged up. So I kind of like Creighton at home as another bet for Saturday. Um, and, yeah, you can find all that stuff on my Twitter, at Julian Edlow, and my articles on the DK Playbook uh, and on my podcast, Unreasonable Odds, and on our show over here on Sweat uh, at DraftKings. Well, you, I gave you a minute and a half, and you took, like, 40 seconds. Now we got a final minute to I, kill, well, man. What are we going to do? I told you. I, I, I don't know. we got a lot of time here. I guess I could try and find a third play on the Saturday card. Um, <laughs> I did, oh, I, you know who I mentioned? I mentioned Alabama. It's going to be another. This is like another Tennessee-Kentucky type of situation. But I would be shocked if Alabama at home doesn't just mop LSU. Alabama certainly, certainly shown the potential to take care of business against lesser teams this year. Julian Edel says, don't be surprised if they take care of a lesser team in college basketball action today. Listen, great interview, great stuff. I really appreciate your time and effort. And like I said, I'll try to have you on again in the not-too-distant future. Best of luck, Julian. Have a, have a great weekend. And, of course, you can follow him at Julian Edel on Twitter, at DK Sportsbook. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here in the hub. Stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covered. Listen, if you missed any portion of today's program, check out the podcast version of Cover It with Teddy Covers. You can listen to today's college basketball show with Julian Edel. You can go back and listen to what we said at the start of the show. Uh, we can, uh, any any of his opinions. You can listen to tomorrow's NFL show with Carmine Bianco. This is a last week's show. You can go back and listen to my Super Bowl show from two years ago. Every Cover It with Teddy Covers is available for download Wherever you download your podcast, just search Cover It, download, consume at your convenience, get the ding every time a new show comes up each weekend, and consume at your convenience. Thank you in advance. Look, you guys want major conference college TV hoops. I get it. You know, uh, uh, that's that's uh, when it comes to what betters like most, major conference TV games. But those aren't necessarily the best games to bet. This one might be. It's a Youngstown State team 
that is playing good basketball right now. I've had Adam Trigger on the show. Trigger turned me on to Youngstown State. And I'll tell you flat out, one thing I do in college hoops, I listen to smart people and sharp people and pay attention to some of the teams they're paying attention to. You know, I'm going to go back and listen to some of the stuff. I will go back and re-listen to the show because I'm going to write, take some notes on the, some of the stuff Julian Edlow was talking about in college hoops. It's important because we can't watch all of these teams. There's no way you don't have enough hours in a day to get all the info that you need to beat college hoops up and down the board. So you try to focus in. I try to focus in on a handful of teams at any given time. And this Youngstown State team is one that has absolutely stood out to me. They're at Oakland University right now. This is today. And when we look at Youngstown, they just won at Detroit uh, as two-point favorites. They won at Central Michigan earlier. They won at Cleveland State. They hung tough at Purdue-Fort Worth. They beat Robert Morris by margin. This is a team that's starting to click. All right. The athleticism is there. And Youngstown State, this is a program that's been so bad for so long, no one pays any attention to them. The kind of team you can ride for a week, two weeks, maybe even a month. Take a look at Youngstown State, the Penguins plus the points. That's going to close it for today's show. Best of luck. Enjoy the games. And thanks for listening.